The Witch Way Spellcast with Sorceress Chisholm. You better believe it. It's Sorceress coming at you on this Cancer full moon. It's uh, been a month, hasn't it, peeps? I just want to say Happy New on the old Gregorian calendar. So, uh, yeah, here we are. Um, I've got my wine this time. Yours truly had to go and bust out a bit of a, uh, bit of a cab sav, cause it's one of those nights. And I, uh, yeah, just wasn't really sure if I was gonna pull it off tonight. I was feeling very weepy and <laughs> emotional and unsure of myself and quite sensitive and feeling vulnerable and gross and I'm about to have my period and it's all happening so yeah cheers Mm. okay that's a good red all right I'm feeling a bit better now so we've got a great show coming up I'm going to be chatting with Joy Waller poet extraordinaire And uh, that's coming up later in the show. And of course, I'll be telling you all about the astro psychology of this moon and a tarot card. And I'm going to be playing a song from my new album, Year of the Snake. If you haven't checked it out yet, go and have a listen. It's on Bandcamp. You can buy it there. You can also go to the usual streams and you know, dip your cup into the stream and have a little listen as well. Spotify, Apple, you know, the usual streams. That is the running water of music these days. So yeah, Um, I reckon let's just go straight into the astro, shall we? Um, Cancer full moon. Cancer is the sign of the crab. It is cardinal water. And the moon is at home. In this sign, it is the sign of the moon. So yeah, it's all a bit loony out there right now. The humors are up, so to speak. The waters are up. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, Cancer is a very sensitive sign. Um, its motto is "I feel." So right now it's all about the feels, in case you were wondering. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling all the feels. Cancer figures strongly in my chart in particular. It's pinging off my first house, which is all about identity. So yeah, I'm having a bit of a, um, a shakedown, if you like, as to what am I doing? Who am I? Where am I? All of those questions. Um, and of course it is opposing our, our girl Venus, who is still retrograding downstairs with Pluto in Capricorn. She'll be back soon on the 29th. Mercury just joined her. Mercury's down there too now. Um, they have gone retrograde for the next three weeks and, uh, Mercury's retrograding in Aquarius. So this retrograde energy is kind of adding to the madness of the moon right now. So if you're feeling a bit wired, you're not alone. So the Cancer moon suggests rest, nurturing, 
home, uh, the ocean. Um, yeah, its powers are powers of sensitivity and it rules the chest area, the breasts and the boobies and the bosoms. And I don't know about you, but right now I could use some hugs just to help me get through this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and dreams. Um, I had a crazy dream the other night. I was back in Australia and I was on the coast. There was the ocean right there. And the moon was like 10 times the size of what it is, you know, in the waking world, right? When we're conscious of seeing the moon. So it was really amplified. And I slept a long time. Um, I woke up at about 11 o'clock the next morning. It was quite bizarre. I usually am quite a, an early riser. And yeah, so my dreams and my sleeping has been a little bit... Um, erratic of late. Um, so yeah, the moon rules dreams. It rules the subconscious. The tarot card, the moon is all about, um, that element of the unknown and women's menstrual cycles. And, uh, believe you me, that's happening as well. Um, yeah. And of course, yeah, it's, uh, it's not just about women. It's about men and getting in touch with their feminine powers and it is a, uh, it's an opportunity to really go within, within your shell, yeah? The crab. Um, feeling a bit crabby? That's okay. You can just tuck away in your little shell and scuttle away if you have to. So you can take refuge in your cave should you need to, which is what I'll be doing soon. But I figured I need to come out and tell you all about the astro for this particular full moon. As I said before, it is opposing Venus and Pluto in Capricorn. So it's a major, major uh, transformation time. Um, what have my notes here? I've got, it's a huge clearing out of the closet, so to speak. Um, old relationships, thoughts about yourself, old values are being re-examined. Um, elements of what is beauty, what is the feminine um, appreciation of the arts, transformational cardinal shifts um, regarding self-image, um, working on yourself as well. Um, I think perhaps you recall from last month I mentioned uh, that this Venus retrograde was going to be healing the hard way, getting down into the muck and really digging out, you know, those traumas, right? So that they no longer have power over you. So that's what this is about. Capricorn rules business. So it's also about money and um, getting ahead and climbing and striving and business and being practical. Wealth. Evaluating all of that as well. Um, it's a big soul growth time. And it is, uh, yeah, Capricorn rules the skeleton. So this is about the bones. It reminds me of a song that Tom Waits did with uh, William Burroughs. And uh, one of the, the lyrics in the song, it was from the album The Black Rider. And uh, the lyrics in the song was, um, it ain't a sin 
to take off your skin and dance around in your bones. So I think that's a pretty good idea for this full moon. Dance around in your bones. Just get down to the nitty gritty of it. Get down to the bare bones of it. So that in a nutshell, my friends, is kind of what we're working with right now. Mercury retrograde, as you know, it's about not taking things personally, just suspending your judgments. Don't smarten up chumps. Just back everything up. Expect delays. Expect communication breakdowns potentially. But just keep it light is really what Mercury retrograde is about. And it's a time for reviewing stuff. Uh, remembering stuff, um, recalling, re, re, re stuff. And so that's going to be for the next three weeks. And Venus coming back out of retrograde, we're going to get a fresh new approach to our emotional well-being. So right now it kind of feels kind of it's the beginning of the new year. What's going on? Everything's pretty crazy. Everyone's really angsty and narky at each other and got to rise above it. Okay, right. Well, I've been chatting now for about 10 minutes, so I think uh, it's time for a tarot card. Okay, so I have my Rider Waite, the old faithful Rider Waite deck with me today. Last month we pulled the Three of Pentacles, which was about taking your stuff to market. And, uh, yeah. Showing people what you got. What is ahead for us this month? To the listeners of the Spellcast and whoever is interested in this kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah. What is the guidance for this month ahead? Pulling a card now. Here we go. Ooh, scary. I pulled the death card. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Death, don't fool around. Death is the end of the old ways. That's it. You can't negotiate with it. Whatever's dead is dead, baby. It is in the ground. And it will be recycled. However, it's going to be recycled. And uh, to a lot of people, the death card is kind of foreboding. It's not literally about death. I mean... Hey, death is part of the contract, right? You're born, you're going to die one day. That's how it shakes out. And in this case, death is um, an opportunity to start again. Um, I'm going to describe the card for you now. I can see a white horse. And on the white horse is uh, the black rider. And uh, the, the rider is wearing a black suit of armor and its face is the face of a skull. It is holding a flag, 
um, a, a black flag and on the black flag is a white fleur-de-lis uh, it's a kind of emblem of a flower and before death is what looks like a, a pontiff in golden robes and he looks as though he's beseeching death and in the background we can see two towers and they look like the two towers that are incidentally on the moon card and between the two towers is a rising sun in the foreground are bodies and uh, people who are surrendering before death's horse and uh, yeah it's a serious message of let go transform it is essential that this be cleared away in order for a new day to be born i am very very happy and honored to introduce you all to my next wonderful creative guest please welcome miss joy waller hi joy how's it going hey Sosha. i'm doing pretty good how are you doing I'm really well. I uh, stepped outside earlier and saw the great big full moon. Mm, she's gorgeous tonight. Getting up there and um, I've been thinking about what we're going to talk about today and um, I'm uh, really excited. You've got so much on the go right now so <laughs> we can pack it all <laughs> into 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, just a little background for our listeners. Uh, Joy Waller and I met each other through Drunk Poets Possibly a mutual friend, Nairi. It was That's a long right. time ago. I think it was more than, it was about 10 years ago. It's at least a decade, yeah. And uh, we've been mutual fans of each other. We've collaborated on a few things together, poetry and music and all sorts of fun stuff and generally gone out and painted the town red on a few occasions too. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joy, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. How long have you been in Tokyo and where are you from? I am from Canada, from the West Coast, and I've been in Tokyo off and on for 15 or 16 years. It's been a while. It got me good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've been part of the English writing community in Tokyo for about the last nine or 10 years, mm -hmm. I would say. I think Drunk Poets See God was really my introduction, my peek behind the curtain to yeah. the... Yeah, so I was really, really happy to be involved with that from near the beginning and just take off from there. Yeah, I remember you coming to one of our very first um, installments. I think it was maybe the third or fourth event you came along and did some poetry and everyone was just blown away. <laughs> so, I'm sure they were not blown yeah. away, but I had, a, <laughs> I had a blast though. <laughs> yeah. um, so you're... Uh, um, involved with the Topojo, Tokyo Poetry Journal, is that right? That's right. I'm the copy editor for Topojo, along with fellow copy editor Simon Scott. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I do editing for those guys, as well as some of the other projects that they're involved in publishing. Okay. So recently, I finished a copy edit for Umoja which is a very exciting mm. anthology of Black literature that's going to be coming out next month. Wow. Edited, yeah, Bianca Bailey and Marcellus Neely are the guys spearheading that. Mm -hmm. And Legends. Oh, total legends, totally intimidatingly gorgeous as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So that's really neat. One of the things I like about copy editing is sort of getting a sneak peek at stuff right before it comes out. And Umoja blew my mind. It's going to create waves. Mm, that's exciting. That's great. How long have you been writing? Like when did you first realize that you were into writing? I started writing when I was four or five. I was pretty young. My mom taught me to read a little bit of an earlier age than usual, I guess. And I would read these books, mostly religious books that she provided for me. And she was a great mom, always like giving me all the books I could handle. But I was a little bit disappointed with some of the plots, a little bit judgy as a child. <laughs> so I decided to just kind of write my own. That's how it began. Wow. And uh, you recently were published in a Canadian anthology of stories. Yeah, it was Best Canadian Stories 2021. So it wow. was a huge honor to be included in that, especially after I read the volume and just saw how experimental and cool uh, all the other stories that had been selected were. I felt I was in good company. Great. What uh, What's the story about? Was there a theme or was it just a random kind of collection of stories? The way that anthology works is, I believe they do it in America as well. So there will be a best American stories and best Canadian stories. Uh, the editor each year will take a look at all of the English works published in that country that year, like in any kind of magazine or journal, and create a long list of a few thousand. And then they'll just whittle it away to pick 10 or 12 that they liked best. Wow, that's a short list. That's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. What's the name of the story that you wrote? Shinjuku for Stray Angels. Ooh, that sounds intriguing. <laughs> can our listeners access the book online or is it in print? How can we go and get it if we want to get it? You can get a physical copy or a digital copy on Amazon. Okay, great. Well, we'll definitely put some links for that one. And speaking of other books, you've also released your own collection of poems a couple years back. That's right. Yeah, it was called, or it is called Pause Heartbeats. And it was a collection of the past four or five years of poems I've been writing up to that point. That's right. I believe, I remember you and I collaborated on one of your poems and you asked me to put music to one of them. Yes, you were one of the hits of my launch party. That was a really fun night. Oh, my oh, goodness. I really would love fun. to work together again, hey? Me too. <laughs> Me too. Uh, great. So um, why don't you tell us um, a little bit about your blog that uh, you've been working on? Sure. That's a more recent project that I started up uh, late last year. I wanted to have some kind of online presence and I wasn't really sure what to put on a writer blog. I didn't want it to be boring or about my cat, although that's very interesting for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, you know, casting around for ideas and I thought, why don't I just interview the local writers here in Tokyo? Because I think it's a slightly underrepresented group in media and we always read stories about musicians and you know rock stars and actresses and things like that and I'm like why can't I make the writers the rock stars mm. so that's the concept and I've it's been so interesting connecting with 
the local writing community. I recently interviewed John Francis Cross uh, on his new book, 100, 100 Word True Travel Stories. Great. Just such a delight. Also interviewed Jeffrey Johnson about a month before that for his poetry collection. And these guys are just so hilarious and have so much wisdom to share. It's fun just to connect and also to write about them. Oh, wow. Great. Yes, Jeffrey and uh, John are formidable forces in the Tokyo um, expat, I guess you could say, uh, oh. circles. <laughs> They've been <laughs> here for a while and uh, I've had the pleasure of hearing their compositions and, yeah, the stuff that they, I mean, they're so unique in their own right and um, I, I'd be very interested to see what came out of those interviews Absolutely. Well, you can check out the blog at joywaller.com. And Mm -hmm. yeah, all the stories I've been doing lately are up on there. Fantastic. Yeah, something I decided to do, I wanted to have a kind of thread that went through each story, which is other than just being about writers. So I decided I'll have like a trademark question I ask. And that question that I've asked to each interviewee so far is, who is one writer, dead or alive, that you'd want to bang. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to say, it catches people off guard. (laughs) People don't have an immediate answer. That's something you'd probably want to think about for a while. Yeah, so there's lots of, you know, discussion following this Uh question and some hemming and hawing, and people Uh usually don't want to commit. They're hesitant to commit. Oh, I can tell you straight off the bat who I'd bang. Who's yours? Tom Robbins. Oh, tell me why. Well, in my 20s, I was very discontented and just, you know, jaded and blasé about the world as as you do when you are, you know, in your 20s and the world is stretching out before you and it's like, what the hell do I do with this life thing? The angst, the angst. The angst was real. (laughs) And uh, I had uh, actually had a book recommended to me by uh, a former lover, and he said to me, go and read Jitterbug Perfume by Mm. Tom Robbins. And I said, okay. So I did, and I was hooked, and the rest is history. And I've pretty much read his entire (laughs) catalogue. And each time I do, I just have a little peek into the the machinations of the universe. And so it it helps to, you know, quell that angst somewhat and, now in my you know 40s now I I, I look back and I'm, I'm rereading these books from time to time and okay it just reminds me every now and again um why I love Tom Robbins and so yeah that's who I'd bang you should <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it you should send him some fan mail to that I fact. should I should <laughs> and so Joy can you tell us a little bit about your experience um working with tarot a little bit you and I have just we've talked about tarot a little bit do you still consult um other like do you still give consultations or do you mostly do it for yourself these days I mostly do it for myself these days I used to read semi-professionally uh, around Tokyo and online uh, but these days I'm focused more on writing But I still follow the phases of the moon and I'll do a reading on the new moon and the full moon and at various other potent times. Mm -hmm. It's definitely something that informs my daily life, I would say. I think just in terms of of symbolism, 
Mm-hmm. I think that as a writer, I'm very focused on symbolic and the ideas behind the ideas. Mm-hmm. And I think that instinct comes from my background as a tarot reader and a tarot enthusiast. There's always a hidden meaning. Mm. How long have you been reading the tarot? Let's see. Probably about 20 years. Mm-hmm which is coincidentally the time I stopped eating meat. I think those two things were, yeah, they happened uh, separately, but around the same time. Mm, Interesting. And how many decks do you currently have in your possession? Uh, Hang on, let me count. Oh, here we go. They're in in the shelf behind me. Oh, Uh it looks like there's about 25 or 30 up there. Wow, that's quite a collection. Yeah, I think it's sort of like getting a tattoo, you know, once Uh you get the first one, you're hooked. (laughs) Yep. And do you have a particular favorite deck that you're working with right now? The Rider Waite is always my favorite, but as far Mm. as what I've been using these days, I would say I've been working with the Wild Unknown more. Mm. Yeah, I kind of like that one because there's no human figures no human faces it's all from the natural world so that sort of takes away any preconceived notions you might have about humanity or people you can just get to the archetypes right the wild unknown Mm, do you have that one no I think perhaps you gave me a reading with that pack probably at some point I think I just remember seeing animal um, motifs and stars and things like that that would be the one it was a while ago but I remember it being quite yeah very um like the imagery and the 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 rawness of it is um was quite confronting Mm. in a way that working with I think more um anthropomorphic tarot decks differ in, in that in that way it's hard for me to describe it but yeah it was very different yeah, it taps mm. into a different part of your psyche, mm. right? Because instead of trying to translate these symbols in a human way, you're forced to dig a little bit deeper to a more primal sort of instinct. Yeah, great. Oh, it just reminds me of when we used to, pre-pandemic, we would go out for shisha and tarot. I know, that was fantastic. We shall do it again. We, we, shall. we shall. Revive that tradition, Joy. You are listening to the Witch Way Spellcast and I have been speaking with creative wonder woman, Joy Waller. She is a writer and a poet and a tarot reader and we've been talking about all sorts of things and I wanted to ask Joy if she would actually read some of her original poems for this show. Would you be down for that, Joy? That would be awesome, sure. Okay, whenever you are ready. Okay, so recently I've been facilitating this January poetry challenge where I came up with a list of 31 prompts, one for every day of the month, and all of the participants write based on that prompt. So I'm going to read a couple that I've done just this month from that project. The first one is called Bath. If you put those rose petals in the bathtub... I swear I will walk out of here right now. I cannot be your cliché tonight. Please say you understand. This goes deeper than botany. All I need is you and water 
and fire and maybe a skylight. So when we're lying in the bath, we can look up and see the stars. And I mean, fuck it, let's bring the stars in with us. They could be that close. I mean, we, we could be that close. The bathwater would crackle. The heat of it, the heat of you. It would burn in silver zigzags up and down my thighs. It would electrify both of us. It would be a feeling, a sensation, pure, nothing more complicated than that. End of poem one. <laughs> Yay, that was fantastic. Thanks. You want to hear one more? I picked two in case you wanted variety. Yes, please. Okay, so this one came from a prompt called Poison. It's always an apple. And it's always a woman. And it always leads to some sort of crazily overblown crisis like, I kid you not, the downfall of all goddamn humankind. It's like watching the same shitty movie over and over again. A script full of ludicrous plot holes and unremarkable male leads. I can't tell you how many TV screens I've hurled martini glasses at. How many rich velvet curtains at cinemas I've set fire to, pretending to light a smoke. After years of low-budget Gnostic art films and self-medication, I've started to respect apples for what they truly represent. Truth, self-awareness, awakening. Started to respect the divine feminine as she slithers up my spine with every orgasm. And I never poison anyone unless he asks me to with sincerity. And then it's only one man who falls, not the whole world. Wow. That was fantastic, Joy. Thanks. Oh, it's like, you know, stepping out of time and space and listening to those words wash over you. So magical. That's really wonderful to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Speaking of magic, I asked my guest this question. Every single guest gets this question. Okay, let's have it. What does magic mean to you, Joy Waller? Oh, the first immediate word that pops into my mind is imagination. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's how, I think the children, really, all of us as children are sort of, we have this innate magical ability within us and we implement it through our imagination, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that gets crushed out of us as we age, mm -hmm. unless, you know, hopefully those of us who become artists or writers and musicians, we can still harness that. And, uh, and, and share our own magical way of thinking or our way of seeing the world through our art. The Witch Way Spellcast with Sorceress Chisholm. Okay, so thank you very much for listening. 
And big thanks to Joy Waller, and I hope you'll go and check out some of her amazing work, joywaller.com. It's all there. And uh, yeah, enjoy this maternal, mothering, nurturing full moon in Cancer. And be aware that for life there must be death, and for death there must be life. And so the cycle continues. And I hope that you'll go and nurture yourself, go and have a nice hot bath, visit the ocean, do what you need to do to take care of you. Be your own mother. And I look forward to seeing you, well, not seeing you, but (laughs) I look forward to your company next month. And I'm going to leave you with the first track from my latest album, Year of the Snake. This is a song called Selkie. Go.